Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Harry Robertson, from the Opinion and Analysis Desk. Nintendo, Sony's PlayStation and Microsoft's Xbox dominate the cutthroat computer game business, which many tech giants have tried and failed to crack. But, says Leo Lewis, these console makers look under threat in the era of streaming, where games are available directly on phones and computers. Will the cloud win? Or can consoles with higher quality, more complex games keep their place? Home entertainment has always been a ruthless business, but Games Console's 50-year territorial war for the living room has been endlessly brutal. On screen, it is fought with chainsaws, battle axes, plasma rifles, or the Poltergust 3000 spectral vacuum cleaner. Behind the scenes, though, It is an even bloodier conflict fought with long-term bets on technology, balance sheets, exclusivity agreements and games so intricate that they require 1,000 strong armies of staff to produce. The casualties are frequent. Who remembers the Casio PV-1000, the Timlex Megaduck and the Bandai Playdia? Each may have briefly imagined themselves as rivals to the Nintendo Entertainment System or Sony PlayStation, but some barely made it out of the stores. Fizzled offerings from Apple, Panasonic and Sharp prove that even titans of consumer electronics have stumbled when it comes to games. But whereas the fight used to be between competing machines, analysts say the looming battle is about whether the pace of technological change and the nature of the games themselves could make consoles redundant. Candice Mudrick, an analyst at industry research group NewZoo, in a report on what has been dubbed cloud gaming, says the gaming world is, quote, poised to undergo a transformation not seen since the advent of mobile phone games 20 years ago. The threat to traditional console hardware sales, she tells the FT, is very real. Using cloud technology, gamers, anywhere in the world and with a strong enough internet connection, could theoretically stream, rather than download, high-end games and play them in real time over the web on any device, as they might a Netflix drama series. In October, Microsoft unveiled a, quote, vision for the evolution of gaming, similar to the way that music and films are now available on demand and accessible from any screen. Keen to reverse the disappointment of its current Xbox One console, a machine whose sales figures Microsoft stopped releasing a year after its launch in 2013, its project xCloud will trial next year. But the ambition sets the scene for a world either without traditional consoles or where their dominance is mortally wounded. The disruptive implications of cloud gaming are huge. The console model, at its heart, is about control of the medium, through which the principal revenue stream, the games, are channelled. If the medium is rendered irrelevant by cloud gaming, game studios such as Electronic Arts and Activision may decide to offer their wares without the middleman. Sony and Nintendo are both games makers in their own right, and may yet find a profitable cloud model. 
Microsoft has been buying up game studios to give itself a stronger in-house portfolio. The advent of 5G broadband could accelerate the process. The ability to stream and the diminished need for an independently high-powered, high-memory box sitting under the TV poses a major threat to a global consoles market worth $34 billion a year in hardware and software sales. After eight cycles of consoles, the industry may currently be building the last generation of devices that can credibly use that name. To some, that prediction seems wildly premature. Broadband may take more than a decade to be both fast enough and sufficiently available to make cloud gaming a viable offering for the narrative-heavy games that draw fans to consoles. And despite what might be around the corner, this remains something of a heyday for console makers. New Zoo predicts revenues for the console game market will grow 15.2% this year compared with 2017. And while mobile gaming, both in terms of its global user base of about 2.1 billion and annual revenues of about 60 billion, may have expanded spectacularly in recent years, that has not come at the expense of consoles. On the contrary, says Serkan Toto, a Tokyo-based consultant to several games companies, it has probably helped broaden the audience. The three main console makers are the ultimate survivors, say analysts, and are determined to maintain their market position. Kenichiro Yoshida, Sony's president, in an interview with the FT in October, scotched speculation that the day of the console was numbered by confirming that the company was working on a successor to the PS4 that analysts believe could be ready by 2020. Nintendo's console business also looks robust. The Switch, which works as both a home console and a portable device, and is the exclusive home of Mario, Zelda and other hardware-shifting franchises, has sold nearly 23 million units since its launch in 2017. Its own sales forecasts suggest it could sell a further 10 million over Christmas, and analysts say it could have an active life of about seven more years. Both companies are also getting better at monetizing the content, developing new revenue streams beyond the mere sales of the games themselves. The current pipeline has supplied a thick flow of apocalyptic wastelands, top-level football, Pokemon and mythological Norse slaughter, the precise formula on which the industry thrives. When Sony released its exclusive Spider-Man title in September, it broke records by selling 3.3 million copies in three days. Mr Toto says, cloud gaming will come. There's no way around it. There is a broad consensus that this is the future of gaming. He adds, everything will be streamed and devices will be agnostic. It's just further away than a lot of the commentary makes out. But is it? One way to think about the debate, say games industry veterans, is to consider a showdown between Arthur and Cassandra a Wild West gunfighter in the Red Dead series of games whose individual hairs of stubble grow in real time, and an ancient Spartan warrior who combines naval manoeuvres, one-night stands, and a sword fight with Pythagoras. Cassandra is the hero of Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a richly cinematic fantasy set in the Peloponnesian War. It is a perfect example of a premium title that has been developed in the era where Sony's PS4 is dominant with 81 million consoles sold around the world. It is visually stunning, narrative-heavy, and supposedly optimised to work best with the kind of large TV you find in a living room. So-called AAA games like these, runs one argument, are too complex and demanding to work acceptably through a streaming system. But in a piece of stunning disruption, says Pelham Smithers, a games and technology analyst, 
Assassin's Creed Odyssey is already available on Nintendo's Switch console via a streaming service, though in Japan only. The processing and memory power required to run the game are devolved to cloud servers, and the game plays, according to reviews, acceptably well on Nintendo's relatively underpowered machine. This is, for now, a rarity. Japan has the fastest and most stable broadband among G7 economies. Speeds elsewhere are judged to be too slow to make streaming of AAA titles viable, and some estimates suggest that peak 5G is unlikely to be standard in the US and EU much before 2029. But the streamed version of Assassin's Creed Odyssey suggests the future is already here. Mr. Smithers says, as well as ending the idea that Switch cannot play PS4-level games as it is not powerful enough, it shows the threat streaming can be to the console gaming industry. He adds, the company that has to be most worried by this is Sony. If true, he argues that the promised next-generation PlayStation takes on an importance that Sony had hoped to avoid. Having beaten Microsoft, it had hoped to enter the next cycle as the automatic console of choice for serious gamers. As it now stands, Mr. Smithers says Sony must prove itself in an era when, among other challenges, quote, gaming power may well lie with cloud servers, not console processors. Hirokazu Hamamura, a games analyst at Famitsu Group, agrees that both Nintendo and Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed experiment and Microsoft's stated ambitions on cloud gaming are signals that streaming services poised to expand. But the longer-term threat to consoles, he says, is that a company such as Netflix or Hulu might expand their offering to games. Others see Apple TV or Amazon as likely entrants to a non-console era. Mr. Hamamura, noting that both Nintendo and Sony have spent years developing extensive in-house game studios, says when that becomes possible, the position of being a platform for home video game consoles will be a different one. The size of platform will be based on how much of a community it has as a content service provider. That may be where releases such as Red Dead Redemption 2 help in prolonging the life of consoles, even as streaming chews into the market. The game for which fans of the original Red Dead game, Red Dead Redemption, have been waiting for almost a decade, is so lavish that at one point during its production, it was the largest single employer of actors in New York. When it launched last month, it sold 70 million copies in 12 days. Such epics are a big part of the reason consoles have survived. Global sales of individual packaged games have, according to industry data, fallen from about 600 million in 2008 to a forecast 290 million this year. But the AAA titles have their money-generating lives extended by downloadable add-ons and other service-style income. For now, the console represents the most cost-effective way to deliver that content at the level of quality its users want at home. Sony's machine is, underneath all the trappings, a specialist gaming PC, whose cost and simplicity of use have been distilled to fall within the budgetary reach of an ordinary household and optimised to work best with a large TV. The console makers, meanwhile, have spent decades ensuring that the biggest and best games are designed for their machines. While streaming poses a threat, Mr Smithers says consoles have absorbed years of threats from rival technologies. So, while some have looked at the global popularity of Fortnite, a lower quality but intensely addictive game playable on consoles, mobile and PC that pits all comers against each other in a mass battle, as a huge threat to consoles, the company itself is more sanguine. During Black Friday sales last month, Sony had its second best year on record for PS4 console sales in the US, 
The heavily discounted $199 price tag was a factor, but the presence of must-have games such as Red Dead Redemption 2 also mattered, says Jim Ryan, Sony Interactive Entertainment Deputy President. Mr. Ryan says, given the history of console cycles, for the PS4 to have such momentum in the sixth year means there is something going on. He argues that Fortnite has been good for his business because it has acted as a gateway to the sort of AAA games that hook a new generation of gamers on consoles. Evan Amos, the author of The Game Console, a history of home game devices, says consoles will still be around. They are an institution for people who grew up with them. He adds, they have an ecosystem around them that will not just suddenly go somewhere else. Sitting on a couch, playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on a console and a big TV, that is a pretty unbeatable experience. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this Big Read podcast, you can subscribe on all the usual channels. If you're not already an FT subscriber, visit ft.com forward slash offer for our latest subscription offers. This episode was produced by Harry Robertson. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.